You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 126. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it's great to be with you today. And today's episode is second quarter 2019 stock market review. But before we begin, just wanted to say a couple of things. First, Better late than never. We are 19 days into the third quarter, and I'm just getting the second quarter review out. Now, I like to get this done a little bit before July 19th, which is when I'm recording this podcast, but... I was on vacation last week. I was on vacation with my family in Mexico, and all the podcast equipment did not come with me. But I tell you what did come with me, working out. I actually was working out in a phase, on a program, had some workout routines that I brought with me. And there were a lot of burpees involved. I don't know if you know what a burpee is, but they are not fun at all. You drop down to the ground, you do a push-up, you bounce back up and jump in the air and repeat. And I did many, many burpees to the point where I really messed up my left shoulder, which is a bummer because last year I messed up my right shoulder. So I've been to the doctor a couple times this week, haven't been able to get into the podcast studio, but you know what? I don't want you to feel sorry for me, but it does make me feel and think a lot about wealth. And you know, this is the best in wealth podcast. So we need to keep asking ourselves the question, what is wealth. This is mostly a money podcast, but money is not the most important thing. I would argue that your spirituality, your health, and your family are so much more important than money. Now, money helps fuel building up your family cornerstones, your cornerstones in building them up, but it's not money That's the most important thing. I mean, I've said this many times before, but without health, you don't have wealth, even if you have several million dollars. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Second quarter 2019 stock market review. And I am going to go through this relatively quickly because I am headed where back to the doctor. However, the second quarter was a great quarter for the stock market. Almost every single asset class was up. Now, some asset classes were up more than others, 
but that's typical in each quarter, in each year, in each average three-year and five-year and 10-year is always going to look different within these asset classes. And I always have to tell you that I'm not giving you returns from any specific investment. I'm just giving you the returns of the actual indexes. Now, even though the stock market was up, there was quite a bit of volatility. The whole tariff thing has still been talked about. Interest rates going up, going down, staying the same. All of those things are triggering volatility, but the end result was an up quarter. Now, in the U.S., which represents 55% of the total market cap, the market-wide index was up over 4%, with large growth doing better at 4.64 and large value doing a little worse at 3.84, and then small cap doing worse than large cap this quarter at 2%. Now, do I love small cap? Yeah, because in the long run, small cap through the last 90-some years of history has done better than large cap. That doesn't mean it's going to do better every quarter or every year, even every five-year sequence. But we are on a long-term journey. But all the research and all the data says that we should be tilted into directions of higher returns, expected returns, not guaranteed returns. And that includes small cap. That includes value. That includes profitability. And profitability has a growth component to it. So portfolios that I build, different than the index, even though large value or value in general has not done as well as growth this quarter or honestly through the past bunch of quarters, when we have a profitability overlay inside of a value fund that makes the value not look as bad because the growth component is actually lifting it up. And I know that's a mouthful. And if you want to talk about it further, please email me, scott at bestandwealth.com. Would love to have a conversation with you about these premiums. The other thing that I've noticed, and I'm not making a prediction, But that's with these really large, growthy companies that have done really well the last five-ish years. And I'm talking about companies like Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, Apple, the FANG stocks as they're called. This eerily reminds me of the bubble of the early 2000s. When stocks were trading so much higher than their book value, multiples so, so high, that when the market came crashing down, what came crashing down? Those large technology stocks just got killed. And if you were in a good globally diversified portfolio tilted in the directions of small and value You actually did, you know, not great, but you saw some positive returns when large growth was just getting crushed. 
in looking at the multiples in growth versus value makes me feel really good that we have our portfolios at Fortress tilted into the value arena because we're still seeing nice expected returns and hopefully, but not guaranteed, when we see the next recession and there is a big correction in these really large growthy stocks that we're not going to be punished like a lot of other people. Again, I'm not sure if this is making sense to you because I'm getting into the weeds a little bit. So you have questions, you want to have a conversation, Scott at Best in Wealth is where we want to go. Okay, international, same type of story as in the U.S., but international actually outperformed the U.S. with a large cap, or I'm sorry, didn't outperform, very, very similar, market-wide, up about 4%, with growth besting value and large besting small by a couple of percentage points. Now, international developed stocks, this in the second quarter represented 34% of the total market cap. What about emerging markets? Emerging markets have been struggling compared to international uh, developed and U.S. this year, but still seeing positive returns, but were pretty flat in the second quarter with value actually doing better than growth, but value topping just 1% and the overall large cap up about a half a percent with growth up just a quarter of a percent and large beat small in the emerging markets. All right, let's take a quick look at country performance. We know the U.S. had a great quarter, but where did they land compared to the rest of the countries? Well, in the developed ranked countries, the U.S. was about in the middle at around that 4% mark being up for the quarter, which, which is a great quarter. Just not compared to Switzerland, which was up 8.41%, Germany up 6.8%, and Australia up 6.6%. Those are great returns. Another reason why we are diversified into all countries that have reliable stock exchanges because we never know which country, which sector, which asset class is going to do the best in any given month, quarter, or year. Now, what, what, what are the developed countries that didn't do so hot? Well, they were all positive, but the UK was only up 0.74%, Japan 0.68%, and the worst performing developed country, Hong Kong, at up 0.46%. Now, emerging markets, we had a couple of big winners and then a couple of losers. Greece was the number one winner at 23.44%, Russia up 16. 6% and Thailand up 9.65%. All of these better than even Switzerland, which was the best ranked developed country. However, there were some countries that had negative returns last quarter, with the worst being Pakistan down 21.22%, Chile down 4.64%, China down 4.11%. You start mixing in those big winners and those big losers and why we had a pretty flat emerging markets up just that percent that I talked about earlier. And uh, incidentally, emerging markets make up last quarter 
uh, $6.2 trillion, which represents 12% of the total market cap. Now, on to real estate. I believe real estate is a great diversifier. In funds that I use, we, we don't have any real estate in any of the, the asset class funds like large and large value and small and profitability. But we do have a separate real estate fund that we use because it's a great diversifier. It helps smooth out the overall ride. And real estate has, has been performing awesome this year, up almost 20% year to date. Well, during the quarter, the U.S. REITs were up about 1%, um, and that's because they had such a great first quarter. And then the global REITs, which is all of the other real estate minus the U.S., was up 2.64% this quarter commodities well the best three were corn up 14.24 percent wheat up 13.36 percent and coffee up 9.98 now worst performing commodities natural gas being the worst negative 16.67 percent cotton down almost 15 percent and lean hogs down 14 percent now, what about bonds? Bonds have been doing a whole lot better uh, this year than last year. Last year, we saw an inverted yield curve, which saw the one and two year and five year doing seeing positive returns, but the bond index seeing negative returns. Now, this year, we're seeing a little bit different story where the longer term bonds are doing a little bit better, but the short term bonds are doing um, good as well. The 10 year U.S. Treasury is at 2%. Triple A corporates up 2.68% this quarter. And then the triple B is up 3.32. Now, just a couple of takeaways from this quarter and from just looking past the last couple of years and just adding on to the stuff that I was talking about earlier is some people look at these asset classes and they come to me and say, Scott, maybe we need to tilt more into growth or large growth or strictly profitability and just, you know, let's not worry about small right now. Let's not worry about value. Well, you know what, my friend, that is timing that is just like trying to time the stock market trying to time which asset class is doing the best or which country is doing the best i mean do we want to tilt our portfolio into one of those countries that had an outstanding quarter something like greece that was up 23 percent well Listen, we don't want to chase the hot dot just because a country or a sector or an asset class did great last quarter doesn't mean it's going to do great next quarter. We want to look at the science. We want to look at the data and we want to set up a portfolio that is proper for our risk level in targeting these higher expected returns because but we don't know when that excess premium returns going to come in all we do know is looking at the past is when it comes those returns come hard and fast and if you're not ready for them if you're not in the lane you're going to be left behind and you're going to be left behind like the same people who try and time the stock market when all the research 
all the data suggests that that is not the way a family steward should be investing. How should a family steward be investing? Well, number one, a family steward should have a plan, a plan that outlines the rest of their life, including all the things you want to accomplish before you leave this great earth. Once we have that in place, now we know what your required rate of return is. Now we know what you need to achieve in a long distance average return in order to accomplish all the things that you need to. Then we need to find and make sure that your risk appetite actually matches your required rate of return. And if it does, great! Then we can find a portfolio that is in line with your risk level, in line with your goals. And now we can start setting up these lanes of these asset classes that are important for the long term. These asset classes that include all things large and small value and growth just targeting areas that are due to do better in the long term why because they're a little bit riskier than some of the other asset classes but when you couple that with some really short-term bonds to to dampen the volatility now we have a portfolio that is optimized for you and only you because everybody listening to this podcast is different. Everybody has different goals. Everybody has a different risk level. So my portfolio is going to look different than yours, is going to look different than your neighbors, is going to look different than the person who's in the cubicle next to you. That's why you need an individual plan that's going to set you on a course to give you the greatest chance for success. Now, if you have any questions about this podcast, if you want to talk about anything, if you want to set up just a quick 15-minute call, send me an email, scott at bestandwealth.com, or better yet, go to fortressplanninggroup.com and schedule that quick call. Let's just talk and say hi to each other. Now, I got to get to the doctor. I got to get this shoulder taken care of. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin and in courts in compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.